Good afternoon and welcome to our show Talking with Frankie and I'm Jean-Frankie Guerrier. I'm a Jesuit from Haiti and I'm doing theology now in Toronto at Regis College and I'm a third year student so we are going to talk today about sources of, of Christology prayer. We are going to focus on images, prayers and scripture passages that really say something about Jesus Christ, that say something about who Jesus Christ is. We're going to focus on the gospel and we're going to focus on the letters of Paul. And we have in studio a prevent Devendran, who is a student in theology at Regis College and who is from Toronto. And we have Scott Harris, who has a master in divinity at St. Michael's College. So guys, welcome and how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So, Prevent, were you born Catholic? Uh, yes, I was born Catholic. Uh, I'm 36 years old, so um, I was born in Guelph, and okay. I became Catholic uh, through my baptism through my parents, and so I've always been Catholic. Okay, and you, Scott? I was not born Catholic. My parents are nominally Protestant, but I didn't grow up going to church or anything. I went to a Catholic high school and then was received into the Catholic Church later on. Okay, so... There's definitely a cool story to that, I, <laughs> I would imagine. Scott, Very right? good to know that. Oh, today we're going to start with the images in our church that really reveal who Jesus Christ is. Prevent, do you have any important, any powerful images in your church, in your own parish, that really say something about Jesus Christ? Uh, yeah, well, for one, uh, there is this image of the Divine Mercy. Um, it's the Sister Faustina, okay. um, the image of the Divine Mercy. It's, uh, it's, so it's this Jesus Christ who has um, two rays. One is like a pinky color and another is um, translucent, and it's just rays emanating from Jesus. Right. And it's, uh, it's a simple message. It's that God loves us all, um, and he wants to recognize us to recognize his mercy is greater than our sins. That's great. Yeah. That's a very good image. So that's a very powerful image. It's about mercy, right, so which everyone can respond to that. Yeah. Any other image or? Yeah, well, when you first walk into the church, there's uh -huh. this very big cross. Um, it's not of the, the cru crucified Jesus or the risen one. Yeah, so it's the risen. It's the risen Christ. So. Okay. And so, what does that mean for you? Like, well, when you have to see it in terms of the resurrection, right? You just don't yep. see it as death. Okay. So the important aspect is the resurrected Christ. The outcome of his death is is the resurrection, right? Right. And so there's that hope. There is that it's not just about death; it's about the resurrection of and our and our hope in that resurrection. Yeah. So that's that's what I get from that. And you, Scott, do you want to share some ideas? Um, well, in my parish, instead of a crucifix above the altar, we have a big icon of Christ Pantocrator. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. But it's <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again, Scott? Christ Pantocrator. Okay. Um, so Christ is the ruler of all, where he's holding a book of the scriptures and also in his other hand, he's giving a sign of blessing with his fingers and it shows him as a teacher, basically. Um, okay. I think in the original Eastern image, um, his face is asymmetrical. So one yeah. side of his face is different than the other side. And I've heard that's kind of to emphasize his dual nature as both human and divine. Yeah. So I used to go to St. Basil and Sacré-Cœur. Sacré-Cœur is a French parish yep. in Toronto. So uh, there is the big cross. See, you enter in the church, you will see Jesus with uh, crucified in that big cross and then open arms that welcome people. For me, that is a very good image that uh, welcome people to the Christian, to the Catholic family. 
But the most important things in that is a crucified Jesus. So what does that mean, someone who comes for the first time in our church and then Jesus crucifying that cause, receiving that person? What does that mean for you, a crucified Jesus and then welcoming people in that family, in that church? Um, I think it kind of shows the universality of yeah. the resurrection and the crucifixion, just how Jesus died for all of us and that everyone is welcome to the church. And to give us life, to give us freedom. And then right. in that crucifixion, we see love and then sacrifices and and gift. And then because Jesus died because God loves us, and then he sent his only begotten son to die for us, to save us, to free us. Prevent, do you have any idea about the crucified Jesus? Uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Okay. So any any powerful images, like all the powerful images is like the stations of the cross in my church. We can see in both sides the station of the cross that really tells something about the death, resurrection, and passion of Jesus Christ. And those are very powerful images. And we can switch now from the prayer to the prayers of, of Eucharist, for example. When we go to Mass, we have a lot of prayers we, we say and then in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of the Holy Trinity but some of them mention Jesus Christ in a, in a specific way Scott would you like to share some idea with us about those Eucharist, Eucharistic prayers um, I was going to talk about the Nicene Creed okay um well, when it comes to the creed, I think it's organized in a very Trinitarian fashion. Yeah. You have God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and it's a very short section. And then okay. you have, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, which is a much longer description. Um, only begotten, Son of God, God of God, light of light, true God from true God, consubstantial with the Father, meaning they're made of the same substance. So Christ is emphasized as being equal to the Father. Yeah being as the second person of the Trinity, along with the Holy Spirit, all three of them are equal persons yeah, who yeah. are one God. Mm -hmm. And you prevent? <clears throat> I think even before that, like when we first start, we sign, start with the sign of the cross, right? In the name exactly. of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So even in the simple sort of mannerism of making the sign of the cross, we're, we're acknowledging the, the Trinity yeah. and that God is three persons and mm -hmm. specifically Jesus Christ is the son and our sonship um, from that as well and so that's so that's when we first start um, when we first start our prayers we always start with the sign of the cross yeah and we, we we start in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit what you say is very important and in my case I would like to I, I, I underline the, the Eucharistic prayers for example the first one addressing to the Father we say we make humble prayer to Jesus Christ your son or a lord and as, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion the resurrection from the dead and the glorious ascension into heaven of jesus christ and then we, we understand that jesus is the is the only begotten son of god and then he came and then he took our nature our human nature to to, to save us to give us eternal life that is very powerful and then in eucharist we see all those aspects and we understand that Eucharist is like a remembrance, what we call an amnesis, of the of the passion, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And according to some theologians, Christ is the is the one who gathers, teach, 
and nourish the church. And the priest or the bishop will preside the, the Eucharist is in the name of Jesus Christ because Christ is the head of the church. And then all those aspects give us some meaning about who Jesus Christ is for the church. And according to some theologians, Christ is present in four elements in the Eucharist. And is in is present in the in the in the bread in the bread and wine. He's present in the is the in the priest who celebrate the Eucharist and he's present in the people of God and Christ is present in the word of God. So when we hear the first reading and then the second reading and the and the gospel and then Christ is present. It's about the life of Christ. It's about the gospel narrative. So all those aspects, all those elements in our Eucharist uh, reveal who Jesus Christ is really is for us. Do you have any other ideas about prayers from Eucharist? Or if not, we can just talk about some passages from the Bible that reveal who Jesus Christ is. Um, I think when it comes to prayers, Jesus Christ is always the intermediary between ourselves as humans and God the Father. Right. He kind of stands in between um, humanity and God as kind of an intercessor. Mm -hmm. He brings God closer to us and he brings us closer to God. Yeah, that is, that's very important. And you prevent, you have some idea about prayers. I was, I was thinking maybe we'd, I would talk about maybe scripture passage. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I'm thinking about is um, the Good Shepherd. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pun in the Good Shepherd. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's from... Why the Good Shepherd? Why? <laughs> well, it's John 10, uh, verses uh, 11 to 18. Okay. Um, I'll just read out the passage so people will know what we're talking about. Um, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for, his she- for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. But uh, he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, I know and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So first and foremost, like, the imagery of a shepherd taking care of his sheep is very yeah. powerful, uh-huh. right? So you you can you can just immediately immerse yourself into that imagery and see. And Pope Francis always mentioned that, like as Pope of uh, today, he always asked the priest to be the good shepherd for the faithful. So right, because it's coming back down to basics. What does a shepherd do? He just takes care of his of his sheep. Mm-hmm. So I think that's exactly what Pope Francis is doing. Know your sheep. He even says you need to have the smell of your sheep, right? Yeah, and, and we need that today because. In our world today, there is a lot of there are a lot of issues. So, as a priest, as bishop, we have to be a good shepherd for for our people. Yeah. So, and it's not only that; it's to know your sheep really well as well, right? So, there's there's that like intimate connection between Jesus and knowing us personally. I yeah. think that comes from that. Yeah. yeah. This is very powerful. Do you have any other passage you wanna? Um. Yeah. There is another one, oh, but I think we'll go to Scott first because I think I may be talking a bit too much. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Uh, well, to go along with your theme of sheep, I was thinking of Matthew 25 when Christ is separating the goats from the sheep, and he talks about um, what kinds of things bring about the kingdom of God, and you have, he talks about how if you feed the hungry, clothing the naked, those are the kinds of things which Christ expects from us. Guys, to those are very powerful messages for our world today. Right, yeah. We need those messages. Yeah, he talks about how what you do to the least among you, you do to Christ. And yeah. 
So it's that message about caring for the vulnerable. And, and what are the most vulnerable people in our society today? Oh, there are a lot. Yeah, well, we have okay. the we have the homeless in Toronto. Yes, that is a very yes. big issue in that cold weather. That we have to take care of them, right? right. And we have the migrants. Right. Yeah. Those yeah, are very big issues. Sure is a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. And any other passage? Any other ideas? Um, well, another big one is the Beatitudes from Matthew five. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like <laughs> this. <laughs> well, he basically says, um, "Blessed are those who mourn." Um, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So it's kind of an inversion of the present situation. Like if you're mourning, soon you'll be comforted. If you're meek, soon you'll be brought up. You'll be strengthened. And it's just kind of emphasizing that peace, which is sacred to God, and also that justice theme again. But it's like very, it's an opposite of the idea of today's society. Yes. Yes. Because everybody is looking for power for for some for something else that money and power and and what Jesus is saying is like very opposite to what we, how we understand like uh, our society today. So would you like to explain that better so that people can understand this message that Jesus wants us to have a humble heart and then to be able to serve to love each other. Yeah, uh, being closer to God doesn't mean having power over people. It's about having the power to serve others and just coming from that humble situation and serving God that way by serving others. Yeah, and then Jesus give, gives this the, the first example about power, about kingship, because he's the son of God, right? But he, he came among us and then as a child, and when you see Jesus... And uh, as a child, and then the, the birth of Jesus Christ is like pure humility. And then it, it's like shift the, 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 the message. So how we understand power, how we understand uh, authority. And then Jesus is like giving another, another way to, to do that, to follow that example will be a very good, good way to live in our society today. Right. So prevent. Yeah, he even talks about like coming as a child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, child shall be first. So it's the exact opposite of exactly. what we would expect in that culture at that time, right? So yeah, yeah. I think you have another passage to 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 share with us, uh, Scott. Do you have any other passage from the Bible? Um, those were the two major ones I was thinking of. I also kind of was thinking about the letter the Ro- to the Romans, where Paul says, "Through Christ we receive grace and apostleship," and it brings the Gentiles to the obedience of faith. So, once again, through Christ, we get, we become closer to God. God sends His grace through Christ to us. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, Saint Paul because he talks a lot about Jesus Christ. He talks about a new life in Christ, salvation by faith in Christ, and in the, in the first letter to the Corinthians, fifteen uh, fifty-seven, he says, "But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ." So. Uh, Jesus came and then to give us victory, and then to to free us from from sins, and then and the later to the Romans, ten nine, he says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And then the the, the faith in Jesus Christ is very important for 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 us if we if we want the salvation that. 
God promised us. And then the faith in Jesus Christ is key in this aspect. It's not our action, what we do, but it's the faith in Jesus Christ. And the faith in Jesus Christ will send us to what we just talked about, to the poor, to the migrants, to the homeless. And then the faith is that will move us to 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 practice what God what Jesus did during his incarnation. The action is not uh, not the the first, but they are very important to reveal the the, the, the real face of God. And then I remember I was reading uh, something about Pope Francis yesterday, and then he said, and then the poor, the migrants are the real, the true image images of 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 God. So if we want to encounter God, we have to, to encounter the poor, the migrants, the people in our society who need our help. And I really, I really like the sentence from St. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So he, he came to, to seek us and to save us. So firstly, he is looking for us and then he will save us. That is very important. And then John 3.17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So it that's doesn't... Also, uh, Frank, that's also true from John, if you take it from John three sixteen, he uh-huh. says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Exactly. So that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but ha- shall have eternal life. Yeah, and then it goes into what you just said. Okay, yeah. so exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's like a continuity of, of, of that aspect of love, of unconditional love. And then the motive of the incarnation is pure love. And then we have to open our heart to receive that love because it is what can save us, is what can make us build a, a better society. And we need that. We need that in, in, our, in our society. We need that in our church. We need that in our family. And then it's like receiving that, that grace. Firstly, is a grace. So Jesus came, and then we have to believe that, and that is a grace that we have to ask in prayer and, and contemplation so that we can be better human beings and then better Christians. So you have something else to add, guys? No, I think we're good there, Jay. Okay, so thank you, Scott Harris. Thank you, Prevent Devendran. Thanks, Frankie. And it was very good talking with you today about sources of Christology prayer. And until next time, thank you.